0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine?
1: I'm great. How are you? So good. It's so nice to be back. Great to be hanging out with you. It's not even nine o'clock on a Sunday night. Sunday
0: night, we're taping this, episode 88. Of the
1: long finish. I love the number eight. Why is that? Well, who doesn't? It, it's just the most fun to write.
0: It is very fun to write. And you love your handwriting. I think mean, we've talked about this once or twice before on the, the, the show. You're a big fan of your own writing.
1: I've enjoyed it for years. It, it is getting more illegible as the years go on, but I also enjoy that.
0: You know, I like my writing too. And for people to listen to the last episode, we talked a little about my experience of going to Dundercon in uh, Secaucus, New Jersey, for uh, fans of The Office. To meet and greet fans, talk about the show. And I signed my name a bunch. And I thought my signature compared to most was pretty legible. I think legibility oh, it is. Yes. is
1: important when you assign something. You have very legible writing.
0: But it also looks like maybe that's a fourth grade.
1: <laughs> yeah, also
0: it's... It's yeah. not elegant. No,
1: well, it and is, I, yeah.
0: And I that's something I want to maybe work on. But I have things that are signed by people when I was growing up. Not so much as an adult. But sometimes you can't even read the signature. I think that's important. If you take that away, you want to be like, oh, that's so-and-so's signature. I think that's important. That's my rant of the day on handwriting. So much more in store. Episode 88. Um, oh, yeah. We talked a little bit about what we wanted to discuss last episode, which is a wa- a wine that you could enjoy for the late summer or bring back to maybe an office get-together. And you said
1: things that are flying off the shelves are affordable rosés. Absolutely. And so that's what we're drinking tonight. This is the G.D. Vira, V-A-J-R-A, G.D. Vira. This is the Rosabella Vino Rosato from Piemonte, Italy, Vintage 2021. Absolutely delicious rosé. And if you saw it, the bottle is beautiful. Kind of a cream label with flowers on it. And the rosé is just this pretty like salmon, peachy color. It's super pretty and has a screw top. Take it outside. It's just perfect.
0: The wine is approachable. It's delicious in people's price range. It's a screw top Take it to the beach. So many things going for it. We've had this wine actually not on the podcast, just you and I. As fans of the wine.
1: Absolutely.
0: So we wanted to shout this wine out because we feel like it's going to please so many different people's palates.
1: I've had it um, every every year. I request some of it for Esther's because a few years ago there was just so little of it. You had to, you know, request it ahead of time. Now there's a little bit more. So I see it coming into stock and I see it in other places, which is another reason we wanted to have it on the podcast because it's something you could really go out and get. It's not something that I only have 10 bottles of at Esters and good luck to you, you know. So that's what is perfect for end of summer Labor Day weekend or celebrate being back in the office, one of those things. This start of
0: football, early September. Ooh, that's good, too. Late summer, maybe a late barbecue. Yeah. Last couple of days at the pool kind of thing. And
1: it's fun because it, I mean, now we're getting into the wine. It looks just how, I don't know, typically you want the rosé to look. You know, most people are going for that lighter color. They perceive that, that that's going to be drier. It looks like that Provence color. I mean, a little deeper than a Provence and a little bit peachier, but it's still light color. It's not a deep, deep hue. And so, but it's from Italy. So it's something different.
0: We've had quite a few roses from the US on the show this year. So we wanted to branch out and go more old world. We'll get into this wine in a second. Catherine, what's been going on? You know, we had a conversation, you and I, this week about being able to connect a little bit more. And we use this podcast as an opportunity to do that. Now we do have our anniversary coming up later this
1: week. That's right.
0: So we'll give a full recap on what we do. We have, do we have any idea what we're doing?
1: Well, we have a babysitter. <laughs> oh, let's go. Which is a rarity. Very rare for years. Um, our primary nanny, domestic engineer Brando, mm-hmm. his partner's birthday. Is September 1st. So he was just never available. Which is our anniversary. That's our anniversary. If you want to send cards, flowers... um, Emails. Send them to Esther's. DM us on the long finish (laughs) on Instagram. (laughs) Anyway... He could never work. And so we were just like, okay, you know. So if our parents happened to come into town, that was helpful. Actually, last year, your parents were here and we did get to go to a concert for our anniversary. I think that was our first night out without the baby. But normally we don't get to. And so I was thinking ahead of time, booked a babysitter. It's been a big deal for us this summer because. Our regular babysitter now, she teaches swim lessons, so she hasn't been that available. We've had uh, we had COVID for weeks. We just haven't had a lot of those evenings out, so I'm really looking forward to that for us.
0: This is all true. We have our anniversary coming up. It'll be, what, nine years mm-hmm. for us, but we've been together many more. Dealing with our kids going back to school. Our kid is in first grade. Uh, our first grade, the first grade teacher is dealing with an injury We don't know how long this teacher will be out. So there's a lot of uncertainty going on with our child's education. Maybe Catherine and I will have to fill in as one of the teachers. We don't know what's going on over there. Did you ever have a teacher switch out mid-year or anything like that? I
1: did, but it was mid-year. I think it was in January because she had a baby. But, you know, we knew about it. Yeah.
0: This is week two. You right. Know, yeah. All the best to this teacher. Hopefully, she, she finds a way to come back. But we're just figuring out how to make sure that these first graders yeah, our th- get our education.
1: Th- our three-year-old, on the other hand, is thriving at his new preschool, and it is um, down the street from us. And one of the joys is that when we step outside our door, and as we get closer, walking to the preschool. We can hear his so delightful loud. So screams loud. from the playground. He is so happy. We feel bad picking him up because he's just having the time of his life. So that's been really fun. And our
0: life has changed because these schools are so close to us. We used to drive you know, 45 minutes out of our way to pick up these kids. So you, 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 no one cares about this, but us... But uh, <laughs> anyway, we're getting up our chef. Yeah, we, these are the minutiae of our life, and we, we're enjoying our bottle of wine now. So let's get into it. As I as might can cut see, all of that out. Yeah, you know we're what I just
1: mean? happy, people. This is a good moment. Yeah.
0: So let's get into the wine. Hopefully, you'll enjoy this bottle of wine because it's easier to find some of the wines we have on here. It's more accessible, I should say, and it's delicious. So hope you grab it. Have a few glasses and enjoy uh, talking about the minutiae of your life. So, Catherine, remind everyone what we're drinking tonight. Let's talk about it.
1: So, this is the GD Vira Rosabella Vino Rosado. It's from Piemonte, Italy. Vintage 2021. What a delight. As I mentioned, it is that pretty, pretty light peachy color. It's just ours is super cold. So it's kind of frosty in the glass. It's clear. It's clean. It just looks like what you want to drink. It'd be perfect for poolside, frankly. So this is coming from a winery that Is been around for a long time since the late 1800s, and they are in a really special part of Barolo. This crew is called Brico della Viole, which is very famous. And the guy who basically made this winery what it is today is named Aldo Vira But he inherited this from his grandparents, and he moved there from Turin when he was less than 21, just fell in love with farming, wanted to take over. And it was the first winery to be organic in Piemonte in the early 70s, which is pretty, pretty radical when you think about that. Today, Aldo runs its, his this with his family, his wife, his three kids, his son Giuseppe is leading the winery in many ways now. And they're just doing awesome things. They've got forty hectares, all organic. They're certified. They've got tons of biodiversity in the vineyards, and they're making really fresh wines. They make tons of barolos, which are just I uh, well, love to have them on the shelves. Um, they've got barolos that are great to drink young. That are, they have other barolos that are great for aging. They make a riesling. They make sparkling wine, and they make a moscato, which we also have at Esther's. That's delicious for after dinner. And this rosé. And this rosé is primarily Nebbiolo with a little bit of Barbera and Dolcetto, which are all native grapes of Piemonte. And it's saigné method. So that means saigné in French means to bleed. It means that this rosé is really a byproduct of their making the red wines. So the first press of the Nebbiolo is often the least concentrated. hasn't The juice hasn't sat with the skins that long. It's not that concentrated. This first press is just run off into the rosé. And that's for the Nebbiolo and Barbera and Dolcetto. And that's what they use to make this wine. There are other ways of making rosé, several other ways. But this is Sonier, And it leads to this super fresh expression. It's really kind of floral on the nose, white flowers, pomegranate strawberry, smells really bright and kind of crunchy fruit. But what's lovely about the palate, you get that fruit, it's still like just a little bit tart, but there's a creaminess to the palate. It sort of rounds it out and gives it like some nice texture, and then it finishes with a ton of acidity. So there's evolution on your palate. This is a simple wine, really well made, and something different. It's not that often that I see Nebbiolo Rosé, and certainly not at this price range.
0: Do you know how long, or when they started to make Rosés, this, this particular producer?
1: I believe the first vintage of this was 2017. So it hasn't... That's pretty recent. It is pretty recent. Yeah. And at very first, there were only a case or two available. Hey, wow. Now there's a lot more production of this wine. I think because of the great reaction to it.
0: Remind me the name of the method? Sagné. So, because it's Saignee method, obviously, their the focus seems to be on the red ro- red grapes yes. for this producer, right? So, I'm sort of speaking out loud. You don't know the exact methodology or, or the the motivations for these producers, but it's like it's just another way to to like get the most out of a grape, right? Yeah, it, I mean, know? it
1: seems like good use of your materials. Exactly. You know, sometimes they just call that the free run juice, and they just let it, you know, let it go. It's not part of the finished wine, but in this case, it's used to make the rosé seems like a great use of product it's like using the whole animal <laughs> yeah exactly uh, in, in the kitchen that's it no
0: that's great i mean this one is so delicious i think we've had a few nebbiola uh rosés maybe early on in the, the podcast did we really oh, oh uh, who knows go back and look through our uh, history folks we <laughs> listen to every episode my dad told me last week that he tried to f- listen to the latest episode and he got mixed up and he listened to the first episode again he said it was quite different. I said, yeah, Dad, Well, that's what happens when you have 88 episodes of a show. It's going to evolve.
1: Oh, well, it's so funny you say that, but I was doing a wine training at one of our restaurants two weeks ago, and I was talking about the podcast and said, yeah, well, you know, we just finished episode 87. And one person said, 87? You've had 87 bottles of wine? I said, well, I, I've had a lot more than that, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah.
0: 87 bottles this month. <laughs> Or we have three kids. Okay, I mean. <laughs> well,
1: I don't know. I mean, how many years are we talking about yeah, here? Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, you have a relationship with the importer of this wine. Talk a little bit about that and how he presented this wine to you, introduced it to you. I'm curious.
1: Well, Justin Gallen is the importer of this wine in California. His company is called Rinascimento, and he imports wonderful Italian wines and... I tried this uh, other wines from Gidevira really early on when I started buying wine at Rustic Canyon years ago. And right when Esther's open, I wanna say within the first, I don't know, three months, five months of it open. Giuseppe Vira actually came on a visit to California, and the whole team at Esther's got to meet him. We did tasting with him. He had some amazing maps of Barolo, which was fun to see. And we tasted a ton of his wines, and he makes so many wines. The Riesling is just gorgeous, Chardonnay, Barolo. There was not Rose at that time, at least I don't think so. I really don't remember it. And so then when Justin told us, oh, maybe a couple years into it, I guess 2017 being the first vintage, hey, they're going to have a rosé. Do you want to get a case? I'm like, yeah, I'm already on board with the winery. So I was like, sure, of course. And then it was like, wow, okay, I got to get that next year. Okay. And I got to get that next year and next year. And I just asked him last week or two weeks ago, okay, do you have more of this coming? Because I like it so much.
0: We love Justin over here. Justin, I tasted the wines early on for the opening of Esters and Justin's a great guy, and he came to me with a movie script idea. So maybe in a couple years, we'll turn back to this movie story idea he has, and we'll we'll get that done.
1: I think Justin is a listener of the podcast, so we'll find out for sure if he follows up after that. Hey, Justin, listen,
0: we'll get back to this movie (laughs) idea. I haven't forgot about you. Rosé for the summer. We've talked about this in many other episodes of the show. It's perfect all year round, but like... What do you have to say about Italian rosés, northern Italian rosés? How are they approaching things differently from what we're seeing domestically?
1: I'm not sure if they're approaching things differently, but certainly find in Italian rosés, French rosés, just generally rosés from the old world, there's a different kind of finish. There's sort of like a little bit of a bitterness on my palate on the finish. And the acidity is washed away, and then there's just something... There's just like a little more other stuff. In California, we have fabulous fruit. I mean, I've said that a million times, but our rosés are full of that. And they can be in Italy and France too, but there's something else. And I always just find this this element of bitterness to be so attractive in a rosé, to balance out that refreshing quality.
0: Obviously the terrain, the terroir of... Europe is vastly different, but when you think of Torino, that area Nebbiolo area, Barolo area, you think of more almost more mountainous, hilly, colder climate stuff, so yes,
1: they are very close to the Alps they're high elevation. And in Barolo in particular, GD Vira has a very high elevation site, meaning they're the first for the fog to burn off in the morning. And so they're getting that early morning sun, they're getting extra hours of ripening, leading to, you know, riper grapes, more complexity, which is great for making any wine. What I think
0: is cool about that is that we think of Here we are in the late summer stages drinking this wine poolside, but it's made by grapes and vineyards that are within the touch of the Alps.
1: Yes, that is. Like you're thinking of like the culture and the vibe of the place. And most of the time when we're thinking about Barolo, we're thinking about big red winter wines and we're thinking about like cozying up with some beef and stew and... This is totally different, but it's just showing what Nebbiolo can do. And Nebbiolo is a thin-skinned grape. It doesn't give a ton of color, but it always does have, when you look at a red Nebbiolo in the glass, that tinge of oranginess. You know, it's not like more reddish or more purple. It's more orangey especially on the rim and maybe that's what gives this in particular this sort of peachy orangey color rather than that like pinky hue which is very pretty
0: it's a beautiful wine it's a beautiful looking wine You and I have had this wine off air many times. It's delicious. So glad to bring it back and introduce it to people on the show. If you know the wine, I'm sure you think it's delicious too. It is just
1: plain delicious. But yes, like you said, something different. It's not from Provence. It's not from down the road. It's made from Nebbiolo, something you don't normally think about. When you think about rosé. What I will say also, because I was looking at the bottle as we were talking, is that this is 12.5% alcohol. So, you know, it's not low. It's definitely a medium alcohol wine for medium, medium plus for a rosé. So that's probably where that mouthfeel is coming in.
0: So the things to remember about this wine are delicious, beautiful bottling, screw top, looks great, cool grape, delicious, affordable, approachable, all the things you want. Hits the bullseye. Perfect, the perfect wine to get for late summer. We talked about last episode, if you're meeting, greeting some people from the office, it's the perfect wine to introduce. If, if you're having a late pool party, this is the wine to grab. If you're starting fall, really, it's any time. It doesn't really matter, but those are things we're targeting with this wine.
1: Also, great to drink wine from a really fantastic producer at not a crazy price point. If you like this, then save your money and get the Barolos when Christmas time comes.
0: All right, now let's get into the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. Can't remember if I've talked about this musical artist before, but I went to see him in concert last week. His name is Halado Negro. I love his music. I saw him a few years ago open for Sufjan Stevens at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, which is the opera house in Los Angeles. It's one of the If it's not the most iconic show I can think of that I've been to, it's one of the top five. I loved it. Don't see a lot of openers, as many as I should. I saw him. I thought he was incredible. I followed his career, and his music is some of the best of the past couple years. Maybe my favorite album of the last year, Far In. It's a great album. You have to check it out. His previous album is widely acclaimed and also excellent, called This Is How You Smile. Halado Negro is his name. I believe he's living in Asheville, North Carolina now. Spent some time in New York, and just, just amazing. Great energy! I saw my at the Regent Theater downtown. Just great energy. Lo- loved the vibe. Went by myself because Catherine again theme of the night. We couldn't find a babysitter for that show, so I ate a ticket and went solo. And but I had a great time. Really enjoyed it. So if you've not heard helado Negro's music before, please give it a chance. I love him. Love what he does, and I can't wait to see what he does next. But check out the many albums he has out, especially the last two or three. And DM us at the Long Finish or at Tug Coker on Instagram. Let me know what you think. Catherine, what do you have?
1: Well, I haven't done a book for a minute, but this book, one of the best reads of the summer, of the year, and probably of the last five years. Just a really stellar book. Wow. And we're talking about Italy, so I had to mention it here. Hmm. This is a book called Still Life by Sarah Winman, once again, recommended by my Aunt Amy. Thank you, Amy. And sent to me by her. Wow. Okay. So it takes place in Florence. I mean, if you really want to get into the feel and love for this city, it starts in 1944, but it like spans the years in Florence. And so you and takes you back in history. So you really get to feel like what this city feels like and smells like and all these different places around it. But the book is just a delicious character-driven novel of these amazing (laughs) crew of people that live together, spend their lives together, totally not what you would think, and so beautifully, beautifully written, thinking about ideas of life and art and human beings. Wow. Give it a read. Still Life by Sarah Winman. And... I'm sorry that it ends.
0: <laughs> one of the best of the last five years for you. I think so. you, you, you read, What's your goal for this year? How many books? Oh, not that many. But what was it, what was your number?
1: That's just 20 books. 20
0: books. That's a lot of books, I think, for a lot of people out there. It's more than a book a month. So that means you've read 100 books the last five years. This is one of the best of the last five years. Correct?
1: Well, yeah. I don't know if I've read 20 books every year, no but I'm just saying yes.
0: It's a great book. Wow. I'm going to have to read that. All right, that's it. That's it for episode 88 of The Long Finish. Episode 88 is in the books. Thanks to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. If you have a chance to rate and review and subscribe to our show, that would be amazing. It means a lot to us, especially as we approach episode 100. We got a lot of fun things in store. I have some pie in the sky dreaming and thinking about these last few episodes as we get closer to episode 100. Catherine where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media?
1: Find us on Instagram. I'm at Catherine Wild Coker and we also have at The Long Finish
0: Find me at Tug Coker on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode of The Long Finish. Hope you have a great Labor Day weekend of a great start or late into the summer into early fall. Hope kids get off to school well, and we'll be back soon. So, stay healthy, stay happy, and happy drinking.
1: Ciao.